for reasons that will be discussed in the episode, we are deciding to make this actually a multi-part episode. So part one will be coming out this week with this episode, and part two will be coming out next week with the next episode. Each episode will be about 35-ish minutes in length, and they will both revolve around this same topic. So we hope you guys enjoyed the first part of it which will be coming at you right now, episode 38, and part two will be episode 39 next week. Hope you guys enjoy it. Three, two, one. And we're back. We are back, folks. Episode 38 of You Wouldn't Get It. Live and in session here. Eastern Roadhouse joined by Christian Barzi. We got a good one yep. for you today, folks. Getting uh, getting back on the old Reddit, our favorite site that produces a lot of these, these silly podcasts we do. Um, Christian, I'll let you get into what we're talking about today. Of course, podcast sponsored by Celsius. And... Go check out the new website. Get your workout plan on. Yeah, you got to play eastonroadhouse.com. Go check it out. If you're looking for a workout plan, he's got you covered. Christian um, Barzi, yeah. front and center on the <laughs> yeah. website. I may or may not be there. You guys just have to go find out. So, as Easton said, Reddit. It's time and time again. The people of Reddit have given us plenty of stuff to talk about, roast, make fun of, whatever you want to call it. And today we are yet again diving into another subreddit. This one, we, we've done relationship advice before. We've done a bunch of different ones, tier lists. We've done it all. This one is called No Stupid Questions. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't already guess, there's a lot of stupid questions on No Stupid Questions, but there are no stupid questions. So today we've compiled. A good amount of fun, stupid, but also thought-provoking questions. And honestly, some of the ones I wrote down here are uh, pretty existential. So we're going to have a conversation here. We're going to have fun because, you know, we, we do like, we've talked about how we go in waves here. We, we like to have some more current event-based stuff, some more serious stuff. We haven't done one of these in a little while. So let's yeah. get after it. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while. And, you know, that's not to say that what we talk about isn't important, Christian. Everything we say on here is is gospel, man. It, it doesn't matter if we're going silly, if we're going serious. It all matters, right? People know that. People, People absolutely know that. that. And they'll know, know that for sure after this one. Yeah. So, so how we set it up yeah, is we each went through this thread, picked out a couple of questions. Um, and again, the thread is no stupid questions. So it's basically an online open forum that allows people to maybe voice the questions that they don't necessarily want to ask their best friend, family, significant other, get some feedback. And uh, let me just say we're here to help you. We've got your feedback. So tune in and let's get it rocking. Christian, what's our first question? Yeah, and I'd like to preface this by saying we ranked this or we this subreddit by top rated. So these are some of the top rated questions mm-hmm. of all time. They've all got thousands and thousands and thousands of responses. And just to give you the, the briefest idea 
of some of the uh, lunacy of the subreddit, one of the top questions on there was, what is this animal? And it's a drawing of a shrimp. And all the responses are basically roasting the ever-living daylights out of this guy because he didn't know what a shrimp was. But that mm. that's basically what you come to get out of this subreddit here. So my first one, as Easton said, we're kind of we're going to have some different questions here. My first one is going to be a little bit more on the serious end, but also none of them are all that serious because we're probably going to say stupid stuff and make fun of them anyway, regardless. So my first question. And this honestly isn't that stupid of a question. This is a pretty thought-provoking question. Why do presidential elections always feel like you are choosing between the lesser of two evils and never the better of the two candidates? Eason, you're the poli-sci guy. Mm. Get us started here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I think that that is, uh, that's definitely got to be a younger person, I would say, because I think yeah. that that's been more of the climate especially in the last few elections. And, you know, that's not to do the complain about younger people and millennial route. I'm not taking that route. I'm just I'm just saying in general, the last few elections have definitely been, you know, you get the sense of choosing between the lesser of two evils, like this guy says. And I think, you know, you want the poli sci expertise on it. I think that there is uh, there's just becoming such a separation um, and it's become more of a team game where so you didn't see this nature of politics as much. It wasn't as relevant, you know, even a decade ago. And now it's you play for one team or the other. So you either love the candidate on your side or you hate the candidate. And then for all the people that, you know, try to just stay neutral and then make a rational choice it's frustrating as hell because you end up with two idiotic candidates so that's a fair question i don't think that that by any means is a uh, stupid question i feel like it's probably been asked a good amount i absolutely agree it really just comes down to and i'm gonna preface this by saying i am a communication major uh, but you know what? Anyone and everyone has opinions these days. So it does just come down to the two-party system. And like you were saying, uh, falling in line, basically. Loyalty and uh, so much money has become involved in politics. And it's always been that way, where candidates will kind of work around one. And then yeah. once that happens, it's over for anyone else. Because yeah. they just want to see the person who can get the most votes. They don't necessarily care about sending the person who cares the most about yeah. whatever they believe in. Well, and so here's what you've got in the last few years, too, is, you know, in 2016, when you have Trump winning the nomination um, for the Republican Party, it was a matter of you have, you know, I think 20, 18 to 20 Republican candidates, yeah. all of which are saying, I don't want to say similar you know, ideas and policies because they were different, but it was the same. Like, you know, they were former politicians. They were giving you the eyewash speeches and Trump came in and just, you know, did everything differently. And so while all of those guys were splitting up the votes between like very uh, foundationally conservative people, he was taking all the wild card votes. Right. And when you've got 
17 other candidates splitting those votes, there's a lot of room for him to gain some ground there, which he did. And ultimately, you know, he picked up so much steam there and so much momentum that it got to a point where no one was going to catch him. And so you get, I guess, your quote unquote evil candidate that way. And then in this election, you get it in the opposite way where you have, you know, same thing, everyone deciding between these candidates. And then when people finally start to narrow it down and you have, you know, a Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren kind of out in front in the lead, all of the uh, moderate Democratic candidates now start dropping out, endorsing Joe Biden, and they just pump his gas. And that pushes him over the top and he wins. And they do it at the exact, you know, right time so that it knocked those other two out of contesting for that. Um, and then you get your quote unquote evil candidate that way. So, yeah, the system's kind of just set up in a way right now where there's so many different avenues for these people to win the nomination, even if they aren't necessarily the the overall favorite candidate or even majority supported by like the the American public as a whole or even their party in some cases um and so yeah that's that's what you get from it in this case and you mentioned it the two-party system here's one of the cons yeah I wouldn't say that's a stupid question at all I'd say that's actually if we're doing a counter here uh we got one pretty good question to no stupid questions so far so Easton let it rip with your first question absolutely and i got a nice simple one someone just threw out a little one-liner and it didn't seem didn't seem too deep at first but the more i thought about it i was like you know what i bet a lot of people do have this question and it's fair simple but fair the question is is it normal to not want to work at all ha 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 Wow. So that's a loaded question. That's it's, a loaded it's a, question. It's a bit of a loaded question. I think what the uh the poster of this question was getting at is is it normal to I guess not feel the urge to want to do any yeah. sort of, you know, labor for or money, take a position, take a job. So I'll let you start. There are infinite routes. Yeah, there are infinite routes we could go here. Um, mm-hmm. How I'd respond to this in the absolute simplest manner is um, no. Or wait, yes. How was, how was the question word specifically? Was it, uh, is it normal to not want to work or is it? Yes. Is it normal to yeah. not want to work? I'd say that's, that's very, very normal because ultimately, you know, if we're going to get a little existential here, we've only got so much time on this earth and we want to be able to do the things we want to do and make the most of it build relationships and you know social media you see people traveling the world you want to travel the world you want to do all these awesome things but then you realize you come to the conclusion that you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta make money you gotta work somehow because everything in this world costs money um but i yeah. mean i'm gonna be honest like I never want to work. I when I growing up my whole life, I thought, do I really see myself in a nine to five job until I'm sixty years old, sixty and retiring, whatever, and then whatever's after that? And I never saw myself like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like more and more people, 
I feel like everyone, like, no one sees themselves like that, but that has become so ingrained in society where it's like, eh, you got to get a nine to five if you want to support yourself, you want to have a family, yada, yada, yada. But I guess I think more and more people are slowly realizing you can kind of create your own path. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, the the line is what? You don't work a day in your life if you love what you're doing. More and more people are starting to focus on finding that passion and kind of working towards that and not necessarily doing something because, um, hey, this is how it's been. Yeah. So that's how my response, I guess, would be to that. Yeah. That's no, simple, I, but loaded question. It, it, it's definitely a loaded question. And you brought up the line I was also thinking of, you know, you enjoy what you're doing. Is it really work? Um, is it normal to not want to work at all? I would say that it really depends on what you view as work. Um, yeah. Because, you know, some people, when you say the word work, they think specifically just job related, right? But a lot of people consider other things work, you know, maybe you get up and, and you run every day, and you consider that work. Maybe you, uh, you know, have a little side hustle, you consider that work. And those are the types of things that if you consider that work, but, you know, you're making the choice to engage in those activities, then you obviously do love it to some extent. Otherwise, you just wouldn't do it, you know, regardless of if it's difficult. Um, yes, I think to your point, you know, do some people not want to work nine to fives? Absolutely. I, I do think there are people out there, though, that genuinely enjoy, you know, doing what they do, even if it's in an office setting. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's some accountants out there that love being accountants. There's, you know, electricians, engineers, and they truly love what they're doing. I think it comes down to how much you see the purpose in what you're doing. Um, so if you can see a direct relation between the work that you're doing and something being developed or something positive coming out of that, and that, you know, brings a level, a level of satisfaction, personal satisfaction, then yeah, I, I think you would enjoy work. Um, but, you know, there are people that I probably do not want to work at all. And it's just simple as that. They, you know, it doesn't matter what type of work it is. They just would rather not do any of it. And I can see that, but I think overall it's it's probably healthier to at least have one or two things that are are difficult throughout your week that you kind of have to work through because I think just as a person it's gonna make you, you know, a little better moving forward and prepare you how to deal with certain things. But sure, if you say, you know. I don't want to work at all. I hate it. Power to you. I agree with you. I feel like the person who asked that question more so just thought of it in the line of uh, nine to five or however they yeah. wanted to consider it. Everyone's their own person. Everyone is going to find joy, find challenge in whatever it may be. And every and whether that be a nine to five, whether that be backpacking in wherever in Europe, whether that be... Um, creating your own fitness website, um, whatever it may be, who would um, do everyone that? who would do that, everyone finds um, their own, I guess, 
feeling of self-worth from whatever it may be. So yeah, I feel like everyone does like to work in sense. It just really depends on how you define work. So, yeah, I like that question. I like that question because it was simple on the surface, but ultimately there was a little bit of digging that you could do here. And I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna do a similar kind of question. This one's kind of kind of a little bit nostalgic and it, it struck a heartstring for me because I have experienced this before. Um, so I ask you, this was asked on those stupid questions, ask Reddit. Does anyone ever get a momentary whiff of a scent that you can't identify, but it reminds you of your childhood or a specific memory or moment in your childhood? Would you say you've ever experienced that? Because this is something I've experienced. Um, yeah, you know, I've heard of this phenomenon, here, right? And I, I want to say yes, but I think that when I think of this, it's more along the lines of like, you know, say I'm walking past a restaurant or maybe, you know, the of local course. ice cream of shop. Course. Of course. And and I get a whiff of some good smelling food. I would say something along the lines of, oh, you know, that smells delicious. It kind of smells like blank restaurant where I grew up. That would be, I guess, the only time I would really think that. Because, um, yeah, there's, other than that, it would have to be only, like, dark memories. Like, maybe there's, um, you know, something that didn't sit well with me that had a, a smell to it that I, you know, okay. think back to Trust. whenever I eat it. Uh, I, I got an example for you, actually. One time I got very sick after I had a meal that included the Frank's red hot sauce on it. <laughs> and I actually do, this was just recently, I started liking Frank's again within the last couple of years. But I went on like a 10 year span there where I did not eat the Frank's red hot sauce because, you know, every time I would smell it, I would think back to how horribly sick I got that time. And so, yeah, stuff like that, I would say yes, yeah. but I, I don't think I've ever like smelt something and it just like takes me a blast to the past and I'm like back in my childhood days. I don't know. I get I'm I'm shallow minded, I guess, Christian. Interesting. So there's a couple examples. I guess there's one specific example I could think of. And then I'd say this is kind of similar to how this question was asked, but like perfume or like certain deodorants, it's weird. Like if I get a scent or like a whiff of a perfume that I smelled before, like a deodorant or whatever it is that someone was had on um i don't know like it'll remind me of that so if that's weird that i'm just i don't know if there's science to that and then another one and i feel like multiple people i've talked this about but like that fall smell you can't specifically define it but when it's like september october november these are like my fall is like my favorite season so whenever that time comes around i just the vibes are always great vibes are immaculate and you can't specifically define that fall smell, but whenever I get it, I think back to whatever falls at Valpo or falls when I'm in elementary school. There's colors on the leaves. You're trick or treating. You're uh, you've got Halloween night coming up at 8:20. Whatever it might be, and it's just good vibes all around. So for that, for me, is like my big example of it. That fall smell really takes me back to uh, to to a happy place, I guess you could say. 
that's beautiful, Christian. Yeah, and, it know, is that, that, That's really touching. Yeah, you get the seasons involved. You're getting emotional yeah. on us. I like that. Um, yeah, fall's a great season. I don't. I wouldn't say I get a distinct a distinct scent from it, but you know, I appreciate that it it really touches you like that. And you know, as your co-host. <laughs> I, I appreciate fall even more now because I know how happy it makes you, Christian. And that's that's all I'm here for is to support you and all of your endeavors. So fall, I'll we can't you. wait for you. What a moment. That's a moment we just had, right? That was, uh, yeah. that was something for the you – know, we, we talk a lot about hitting each other, but that was quite a moment. And I it hope was. the listeners can appreciate that. that so that was, a quick, that was a quick question. Um, but So right back to you, Easton. What, what do you got for the next one? Sure. So I'm throwing a little reverse on you here. You got a little uh, societal question going on first. We both went simple in the middle. Let's sandwich it in with some more societal issues here. And returning to the man, the myth, the legend, the bald headed single billionaire, Jeff Bezos. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. They ask on no dumb questions. Why do people hate Jeff Bezos for going to space? Okay. Wow. What a question. What a why question. do why are we hating on Bezos for going to space? So I want two parts out of you here, Christian, for this answer. Because okay. because okay. this is what I have in my head. And you know, I'm I'm the mastermind of what goes on around here. Give yeah. me why you think in general people might hate on this and then i also want your thoughts on it are are, you know are you a hater of the the space escapade and what do you think so i like this question because this was actually a topic that was in contention for Mm -hmm. our episode today so the first part of what you asked there i think it's pretty easy to understand why billionaires um, or people with a lot of money in society are generally kind of looked down upon because a lot of these people, you know, they give back and they do give a lot back, but compare it's always to the general public, a small percentage of what they actually have. So it, it is just, they have all this money. The gripe is they have all this money. They're living so lavishly. And, you know, the world, they seem to be ignorant or oblivious to the world around them and the actual struggles that people are dealing with. So like the space thing, oh, Jeff Bezos is, you know, all this taxpayer money is going into this billionaire who can literally do anything in his whole life to go to space for about like three minutes. I think he was up there and he came right back down when there are more pressing issues, basically, that this kind of money or this time or focus could be spent on. So yeah. I think that's why people in general don't love billionaires. They have this generational wealth that will exist for infant time, basically. And then on the same planet, there are people who have nothing and yeah. who literally live with nothing. Yeah. And before I get into your, your personal thoughts on this, yes. I want to add on, on that end, it, why people in general have some disdain and you know a bad taste in their mouth about some billionaires Uh, yes there are people that in general just don't like the idea that there are like multi-billionaires out there with some of the problems we currently have um and i think that that's fair but i think that there's also you know it changes from person to person 
when you talk about the billionaires out there. I think there's yeah. different perceptions based on, you know, how you've shaped yourself as typically a, a business owner, a global business owner we're talking about in these cases, um, because it, it does change drastically. And Bezos is one of the guys that has kind of, you know, he's had the reputation for being a little bit hard on, you know, some of his employees having uh -huh. some really bad working conditions. Um, yeah. You know, so he doesn't exactly have the best rep in the public eye. Where so if you go to a guy like, say, a Mark Cuban, right, a lot of people have a very favorable outlook on Mark Cuban because they yeah. think that he does his best to give back. You know, there are numerous stories where he's helped out employees that, you know, aren't doing as well. Um, maybe they lost their job for a stupid reason and he comes back and helps them out. He has a lot of those, you know, quote unquote, uh, feel good stories, right? And so I think it depends person to person on what you've done with your money. And to that point, I think if a guy like Mark Cuban decided that he wanted to go to space and said tomorrow, you know, it's always been a life goal of mine to go to space. Um, the way to do it, I think, would be you announce that, but you also are transparent with the fact that you make an absurd amount of money and you commit to helping different organizations, whether or not you've already committed to that, you just make it public that like, you're going to put a lot of money into helping because you understand you're in a great position and you can literally fly to space, which is unreal. But, you know, put it in the public's eye that you're going to give a lot of money back, but that this is just a life goal of yours. And, you know, you have the resources there, so you're gonna make it happen. I think that's like the difference between him and a Bezos is just how public in general views them as people. So now what do you, what is your take on it? I have a lot of opinions when it comes to this whole billionaire um, topic discussion. And I'd like to preface it by saying, I think that right now society has fallen into a trap of everything being like, black and white opinionated there's no gray area for anything um when there are a lot of things all topics whatever it may be has valid points kind of in every area of the spectrum so this is one of those this is one of those for me i have a lot a lot of different thoughts here comes to billionaires there is no denying that what jeff bezos mark zuckerberg elon musk um bill gates all these people have done have changed the world, whether it be Amazon has absolutely changed the landscape of the world, um, whether it be Microsoft, Tesla, PayPal, um, Facebook, and some have changed it in ways better than others, um, but they've all absolutely changed the world. And for that, with, with changing such a huge part of society, you are going to accumulate a lot of wealth, and that's just that's just going to happen. Uh, in the same vein, if you're going to have this money, if you're going to change the world, um, and it's easy for me to say because I'm sitting in my room right now recording this podcast with you, but I feel like you have to be able to then, once you get to the point of you, you took that initial step, you made that 
whatever it was that made you uber rich, you have to keep going at that point. And I think, and I, I know he gets roasted a lot, but Elon Musk is a guy that for all of his downfalls, I truly think has good intentions. Oh, I, I, I think yeah. he's a guy who wants to better society um, in a lot of ways. So I, I can appreciate that. And he's a little different because he's, he's a very, very smart individual. I mean, all these people are, but I think they have to be better at connecting with the general public um, than just kind of isolating and living lavishly. And I'll go on about the uh, the, the actual space. Well, I guess I'll say briefly, when it comes to the space, the space thing doesn't bother me as much because I think space exploration, whatever it is, needs to absolutely be a bigger part of society and a bigger part of science and nasa has to be funded more this is something that learning more about space learning more about um everything that has come to make this planet and us who we are can only benefit us yeah. so I, I feel like Be bezos doing this and spreading awareness on whatever it may be it's only beneficial but yeah um billionaires just basically have to get their head out of their ass and be more compassionate and understanding of the public Yes. And I would agree with you in terms of like the, the whole space exploration doesn't bother me as much as it's bothering a lot of people. But I get the, the reason that people are frustrated is because of the underlying stuff that we talked about before, yeah. which is, you know, what have they done prior? Um, and I think it is hard to conceptualize how much a billion dollars is. Like, yep. I, I actually had this conversation last night with our good friend, Stephen Fitzsimmons, um, and we were talking about, you know, me as a just coming out of college, poor, poor man looking for employment now. Um, you know, if I sold everything I owned and had my net worth, I would literally be the, the equivalent of the burnt mcdonald's french fry that sits at the bottom of the carton yep. what that cost to me is what a billionaire what the billionaire is paying to own that entire mcdonald's so that is to put into context the difference of wealth there um and that's i think what upsets people is people are now understanding just how much money that is and how much you can do with that money I, and i don't like i have stood true to this belief for a long time, it's really, really hard to spend a billion dollars in your lifetime. And I understand that, you know, a lot of them don't have physically a billion dollars in their bank. I get that. A lot of it is through their assets and what they own and yada, yada. But that said, that is so much money that you can put towards helping different causes that, you know, humanity's struggling with now. Um, and on top of that, people get really frustrated with how their companies are run when they have that much money. So, you know, recently the big thing has been CEO pay as compared to worker pay. It's yeah, no one's asking for that to be the same for the two types of workers to get paid the same because, yes, one guy founded the company and the principles that it runs on. However, when you talk about the pay increase that normal workers have seen in the last three, four decades, it's really nothing. It's actually, if you account for inflation, less. And yet you see the CEO pay increases at like seven, 800%, which is insanity. 
insanity. And so I think that's what frustrates everyone is they think that, you know, these billionaires could be doing a better job to help people out, especially the employers that are keeping their company afloat that are essential to their success. Um, and that's where the frustration comes in. So when a guy like Bezos does a space exploration, everyone's like, yeah. you know, you're working people 60 hours a week, paying them barely above minimum wage in horrible working conditions. And, you know, this guy's just willy nilly going to space. That's what bothers people, I think. So if you can, if you can be a billionaire and set up your company so that you're taking care of your employees, you're showing your commitment to give back, because I don't care what, you know, this is an opinion, but to me, it's borderline a fact. Like at that point, you do have a responsibility to give back to society. If yeah. you've made that much money, uh, you know, despite whatever you've created, jobs, all that, you need to be giving back, especially since, you know, a little political here, but the tax code benefits those guys beyond belief. There is some sort of responsibility there. So I think that's where the frustration comes in. And when they do crazy billionaire things like this, it just rubs everyone the wrong way. And I don't think it would rub everyone the wrong way if they saw the commitment towards helping society, you know? So that's my take on it. It's, it's so hard to break through that glass ceiling because um, th there's just that certain point where, you know, you have so many people living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is going through the roof. Wages are staying stagnant. And it's like, how can people, how can the younger generations who are now just getting into um, a working society, how can they ever truly move up if you got student loans, if you got this and that off and by the time you pay that off you're now just from fresh start but you're 30 years old whatever it is um so many people are dealing with this and yeah, yeah. and then just the flip side jeff bezos is going to space today because he just feels like it so yeah that's that's where this divide is uh, there is a divide right now and you said it i said it um i think just these mega uber rich people have to be more cognizant of this divide and help to lessen it instead of to help further yeah it. and real quick before we move on the i think the one thing that a lot of these guys struggle with and you mentioned this a little with elon musk is they are just for the most part crazy geniuses yeah. who have thought of you know these innovative ideas that have tra transformed the way you know, we approach doing certain things with you talk Elon Musk, how we drive cars, you talk Jeff Bezos, how shipping is handled and how we do online shopping, Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook and advertising online. So they do transform these things, but I think they are so brilliant in what they've done that they are just not as in touch with, you know, society yeah. and their personal side, you know, uh, a guy like Elon Musk, he's so committed to innovating and inventing that it's very hard for him to set aside time to focus on, you know, okay, what charity or cause can I put my money and wealth towards? Because he's, you know, he's working 10, 12 hours a day on digging tunnels under LA or building an electric plane. Like, yeah. That's where the, the divide is, where those guys just need to understand when you've accumulated that much wealth, you are in the public eye, 
and your every move is going to be criticized to some extent. So you have to set aside some time and resources to show your commitment to the people around you. That's, you know, again, that's my opinion, but if those guys really wanted to have a good public view, I think that's the route you have to take. And who knows if they actually care about having a good public view. But it would probably be uh, the better they probably don't. Yeah. No.